Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. And the names have all changed. Welcome to the uh, program with uh, Rob Rockwell and... um, Happy Hannigan over here. I, 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 I don't know. Just, just, just go it around here a little bit on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 8.09, nine minutes after the hour as we get underway with the uh, second hour out. Glad you're here for the conversational ride. You are welcome to join us on the Frio Stack Auction Service text line, 304-214-1600, or the Frio Stack Auction Service phone line, 304-232-8255. Still 46, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 42 at the Highlands, 37 still in my backyard at Elm Grove. Still 43 here? We are exactly 43. 43 degrees, yeah, at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Not a bad day today, mostly cloudy, but a high around 65. Rest of the weekend, or at least Friday and Saturday, we'll see a significant uh, amount of rain. Do you know the what the TV series The Chosen is about? I do not. Uh, I have not watched it, but I want to watch it. It is the story of Jesus Christ. It's a it's a movie series, TV series made about Jesus Christ. Okay. This headline that I've been talking about. So I came. This is what a headline last night. The Chosen executives say the show's finale won't disappoint fans. It's about Jesus Christ. What do you think the finale is going to be? I mean, it's like this is not something that we don't know how it's going to turn out. The show's finale won't disappoint fans. I hope not. There will be crucifixion. There will be resurrection. Otherwise, it isn't the story of Jesus Christ. He lives. I just, it just amazes me that, that they, you know, they put that in there. I'm told it's a really good series. I have not watched it. They're doing it study on it at our church every Sunday. Um, and I'd like to I'd like to watch it and see it, but I haven't done that. But the show's finale will not disappoint fans. Jesus will still rise again. I mean <laughs> hey we got a trick ending for you. <laughs> got a trick ending for you. When he says it is finished, just like the Sopranos, it'll go to black. I don't mean to be sacrilegious there. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just having fun. 8-11 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, Bob, as you know, we have been having some uh, UFO sightings among our, close. among our team, right? We we have. Uh, and uh, I'll just say this. It's, it's scary to the point where I don't like to think about it too much. Some of the video that one member of our team here at the radio station has been bringing in uh, has been really very spooky. A couple of... Uh, uh, a couple of, you know, it's, it's one thing to see things wandering around the sky. Uh, the, one, one of them went into some kind of a great explosion. It looked like an explosion. And then it shoop, went right back down to its original shape, all caught on video. Scary stuff. Uh, the government, the U.S. government says they are receiving reports of unidentified anomalous phenomena, UAPs or UFOs, uh, more and more uh, every month. 
Um, the office established to, was established to investigate UFO incidents, and they say they expect hundreds if not thousands more reports in the near future because the number of sightings of something in the sky is going up. Maybe Rod Serling was right, Howard. Uh, which was? They're all amongst us. That's how it's going to end. They're, they're, we're going to be uh, surrounded here soon. They're off. The Office of UFO Investigation, that's not what it's called, but I'll call it that, has received about 800 reports of UFOs uh, in the past couple months. So uh, people are filing these reports with, this, with the, uh, the government uh, to investigate it. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole story. The story uh, basically still is they're concerned that this is foreign powers, foreign governments. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, that uh, you know, they're, 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 our enemies are watching us from these things. Pick um, pick one or the other, Howard. Uh, you want the aliens from a, another galaxy, uh, or do you want like China or Russia over here? Uh, let's see. Well, we, we saw the China UFO come over in the balloon last. It's year. at Myrtle Beach, right? Yeah. So um, I, I kind of like to see the Green Men, to be honest with you. This <laughs> is my personal opinion. But anyways, the video that uh, we've been looking at here from taken here in the Ohio Valley by a member of our own team, I found it very, um, shall I call it fascinating? I mean, I think it's, it is a little bit spooky. I'm used to seeing UFO videos, things in the sky, you know, but. See, that's one thing I don't watch. I don't, I don't, I don't get, get into that. This was really very vivid. Um, and again, the one that kind of sort of exploded, that's. I, that's that's the one where it it unnerved me, Howard. Yeah, it, it, it did. That it, was pretty close to Elm Grove. Following the following this thing in the sky, flying around up down, and just tra- following it on the video, and all of a sudden, boom! It's like a, it's like an exploding sun, which I literally thought when I first saw it. Oh, it's explode! Whatever it is, it exploded, and then it goes boom! Right back down to its original shape. They're out there. You're right. See again, I don't watch that stuff, and you do. That's some some evenings you. Uh... Yeah, I think it's Netflix, one of the major stream. They're doing a whole documentary series on UFOs. Yeah, I love. Listen, I've been into UFOs since the '60s, uh, back in the early days, back when uh, Adam, Adam, Adamski, Adam Adamski, uh, first started talking. The little the Men in Black would come to visit him. You know, back when I first heard about the Men in Black. They would come pay visits to people who saw UFOs. You and Art Bell, huh? Mr. Monroe, we understand you've seen something. You are not to talk about it anymore, or you will be banished. Yeah. I've been I've been into this ever since, ever since. 815 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, there's going to be a town hall meeting. They call it a block party uh, in East Wheeling tonight to try and get some ideas on what to do with Clay School. And we'll talk about that coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. 
When the unexpected happens, it's good to know you can count on the certified professional restorers at Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. Whether it's fire, smoke, flood, or storm that damages your home or business, you can rest assured that we have helped thousands of families just like yours. With the right people, equipment, and expertise, we are ready to respond 24 hours a day to get you quickly back on your feet. When disaster strikes, just pick up the phone. Hail WV. Off the left side. He'll go in untouched. Touchdown, West, West Virginia. Virginia. He's set. This Saturday, WVU entertains Oklahoma State. And he's in. It's a touchdown to the end zone. And it is a great day to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Our coverage begins at 1230 on the official radio home of Mountaineer football. Wheeling Nailers opening night Saturday, November 4th, featuring special guest Mad Chad Taylor, the chainsaw juggler. Enjoy hilarious cutting edge fun, intermission hysteria, plus a magnet schedule giveaway, new arena food and beverages, new premium seat options, and introducing our official nail ale beer. It's going to be a mad opening night. Pup drops at 710. Get tickets now. Call 304-234-GOLD or go to wheelingnailers.com. Mornings are darker. Leaves turn brighter. Nights are cooler. Enjoy your fall season with us every weekday. Here on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Older women are beautiful lovers. I said older women, they understand. I've been around some. And I have discovered that older women know just how to please a man. Hey, I'm all in for that. I'm all in for older women. Where are they at? I, I think older women, absolutely. Keep in mind, my wife is four months older than I am. So I, older women all the time. I go for the older women. Always have gone for the older women. Well, not always, but since I met my wife, I've always gone for the for the older women. 818 here on the uh, Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, coming up uh, in the next half hour, going to talk with the former Congressman Bob Ney about the uh, search for a Speaker of the House in the U.S. Capitol. Jim Jordan loses two uh, votes. Uh, his second vote, he got fewer votes than in his first one. And yet he's going to try again, apparently, later today. We'll see what Mr. Nay thinks about uh, how this whole thing is going to play out. Are we going for 19 votes like we did with Kevin McCarthy? Is it going to be playing out over multiple days? Is there a compromise somewhere? We'll talk about all of that with Bob Nay uh, coming up later on. Tonight in East Wheeling, there's going to be an event. They're calling it a, a block party, community block party. It has to do with looking for some kind of ideas, a variety of ideas on uh, what's going to what could be done with uh, with Clay School. Jim Ambrose of Tipping Point uh, Consultants is here with us. Tipping Point has been working with the city on a number of projects, including the Clay School project. Now, uh, 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 Jim, good morning. First of all, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Howard. Thank you again for having me on. So now let me answer this because it's a block party. Will there be pizza? Uh, you know, there could be. <laughs> okay, I'm I just... think... Uh... <laughs> I, I, there's going to be a series of food truck vendors uh, that have been coordinated between the Men and Change as well as uh, Wheeling Heritage and the city of Wheeling. Calling this a block party, it's going to be a kind of a informal-slash-formal organized town hall meeting, visioning session. I'm not quite sure what to call it other than a block party. What's going to happen tonight? 
Yeah, so if you remember, I was on your show earlier this summer, uh, and we did a, a community survey, uh, and you were you were promoting, uh, you know, for everybody to get involved so that we could try to figure out what would be the most impactful thing we could do at this site. And we had uh, really overwhelming responses. We had over a thousand respondents, wow, people who good. participated in this. That's so, uh, really incredible data point. And were there good ideas? Were, were there good ideas in there? Oh my gosh, yes. And and that's really the the, the foundation of tonight's block party is to uh, take a deeper dive into the top items that people were talking about. And uh, people ask, well, why not just go into a room and do this like you would for a traditional community meeting? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things uh, that we noticed in the survey data is that back whenever um, you know the the field wasn't there and the clay school was active, there would be an annual basketball tournament. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was called the Elks Tournament. Right. And after after that was done, uh, there was always a big festival and a block party along 15th Street, and it was just a great memory that a lot of people brought up in their survey responses. So we thought, why not try to replicate or at least, you know, dive into the future of the Clay School site uh, with a block party, but then also a community meeting to look at all the things that everybody said and see, you know, start to prioritize what's most important to them and then what the ultimate development plans are that we're going to solve for. I'm sure you got a whole wide range of ideas, and I don't want to spoil the fun for tonight, but can you give me a sense of what some suggestions were, what kinds of suggestions you had from the online survey? Yeah, absolutely. There, there were really top, there were five top themes uh, that we're going to take a deeper dive into tonight. Uh, the first was integrating uh, space into into the site for youth services. Uh, the second was education and training. The third was recreation. The fourth was trying to house some sort of commercial type of use, you know, to have tenancy there, uh, with one of the ideas being uh, maybe a, a medical arts space. And then uh, taking a look and seeing if housing would be feasible to integrate into some of the old classrooms if you're going to save a building or if you could fit it, you know, in the event that the building would be taken down. Isn't that really the first thing that has to be decided? Is the building going to get saved, repaired, renovated, or demolished? Uh, well, yes and no. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, we Part of what makes uh, the design and engineering process really unique and interesting is that once you know what uses you're solving for, it triggers different building codes. Um, and if the existing footprint of what that ultimate use becomes is the is the best thing that it, it could be and the costs are most effective to do it, then it's going to make the most sense to save the building. Now, if the community says that they want a completely different use, the footprint of the building isn't really structured for it. It was never designed to have that and house it. And through an architecture and engineering process, it doesn't look like it's feasible. Then that's where uh, it might make more sense to take it down. And, you know, as we talked before, it will be part of this whole exercise and my engagement with the city of Wheeling and the East Wheeling community is to uh, finalize what those potential development scenarios are. We will uh, put together concept drawings that will reflect uh, all the spaces and the uses that we can fit onto the site. And then we will have a, a third-party contractor price out what each of those scenarios are, and then that will be the basis of decision-making on whether to save it or, or to keep it. So how does this block party plan tonight unfold? You'll present the results of the survey, and then everybody talks about it? 
Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have some welcoming remarks from Men of Change uh, from Bob Heron, the city manager. I had the privilege of listening to him uh, on your show earlier this week. I thought you did a great job there. Uh, and then we will unveil a lot of the survey results. Uh, you know, we'll talk about how many people responded. The the demographics that we had that participated, we had a really great turnout from a younger demographic. I think uh, the age of 25 to 35 represented the largest population that responded to the survey. Uh, and then to those five themes that I told you about, uh, we're going to have the Men of Change lead focus groups uh, in the we're going to have the tape the presentation is going to take place on the field and then uh they'll have breakout groups in the bleachers section since there's already built-in seating there and then um we will essentially have those groups share uh what youth services means to them and how that could be manifested in the school on the school site uh education training recreation commercial tenants and housing and then from there uh i will map uh, presentation slides, and I have a, a, a polling system where people can use uh, their phones and devices to be able to, to vote on what their favorite priorities are uh, so that we kind of do a live interactive fun thing. And then that will be uh, what we will solve for, assuming that the city, uh, you know, I'm sure the city is going to agree because this really is a community-driven uh, methodology. So by the end of tonight, you will have, uh, or after you analyze it, maybe a bit more tomorrow or something, but at some point in the near future, you'll have a sense of what direction the community would like to take the future of Clay School into. The goal, the goal is that that's completely transparent and revealed tonight at the end of the meeting okay. uh, after everybody takes a deeper dive into all these things. So uh, we, might, we might have, you know, who knows? They, they may narrow it down. I, I'm going to do... Uh, up to four development scenarios, they may only want to see two. Um, so I'm really, really putting it into the hands of the community to let us know what we're going to try to solve for. I, I would not would not begin to predict how this will work out, but I will say that I've been involved in these kinds of things before, and sometimes you're totally stunned that there is an overwhelming choice. I'm not expecting yeah. that necessarily, but sometimes when all is said and done, you say, man, I thought I was going to get four ideas here. And it looks like everybody is pulling in the same direction. So we'll see what happens tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, to your point about whether you save the building or whether you take it down, that was a question that we asked very directly in the survey. And to be truthful with you, it, it's nearly a 50-50 split. So I think that that's going to be another topic that we need to revisit tonight and see, you know, who's physically there, how that data point manifests. You said something in, in a minute or two ago, which I've been having conversation with folks literally in the last couple of days. Uh, you said that a lot of young people were responding to this survey. Mm -hmm. And I've been talking to a number of people who, said, who, were, who had in their minds an image of what East Wheeling's community is all about. And I was suggesting that the East Wheeling community is changing. Those who remember East Wheeling from a previous incarnation are maybe not looking at what East Wheeling is like today. There is a younger group uh, finding their way to East Wheeling. There is a more progressive, artistic group finding their way to East Wheeling. The complexion of what the neighborhood is like is changing from what it used to be. Maybe it hasn't changed completely. Maybe the old neighborhood still is there. But it is, it is a changing neighborhood. It's different now than what a lot of people you know, want to instinctively think it is. So you may get some different kinds of ideas simply because of that tonight. 
I completely agree with you. And the survey itself, uh, we asked one of the questions was, how long have you lived in East Wheeling? And there was, again, another 50-50 split, almost right down the middle of those who have lived there for three years or less versus those who have lived there from four years all the way to over 25 Mm -hmm. years. So this, I think that this is just going to be Wheeling's one of a really unique opportunity because it's almost going to be a fusion of the old and the new. And both perspectives are really important uh, to make sure that you're building for the residents who have lived there all their lives, but then also those who are hoping to live there all their lives in the future because they have a long way ahead of them too. The uh, breakout, not the breakout, the uh, uh, block party uh, tonight starts at 6 o'clock, right? Uh, yes, and we we had to push it back a little bit because just looking when the sun sets and we're going to have uh, a screen to let everybody a big movie screen if you if you've seen any of the uh, city's movie parties that they've had throughout yeah. the year. Yeah, yeah we're going to we're going to utilize that equipment. So a really big shout out and a big thanks goes to the city of Wheeling, their events team, and uh, Wheeling Heritage. They they really collaborated with me to be able to help pull this off. I never would have been able to do it without them. And uh, you expecting a pretty good crowd? Yeah, I think we're going to have. I mean, we're we're budgeting for at least a hundred, potentially more. Uh, so I, I think it'll. Yeah, hopefully the weather holds up and it's not too cold for people, and we get a great turnout. We want as many people as possible. That's good. So tonight, six to uh, a couple of hours, basically, right? Yeah, we're gonna. Uh, so the the way that the format will work is just we'll get everybody there, get everyone settled uh, at six o'clock. We're going to dive right into the, the, the bulk of the program of, of trying to take a deeper dive into what these things are. Uh, and uh, we're going to try to keep that time frame into about an hour or so. And then uh, by participating in the community meeting, uh, we'll issue everybody who participates a, a, a ticket that will be good for one meal uh, at, at one of the food truck vendors that will be present there. So uh, definitely come out, share your input. It's super important to the future of this site, and uh, we'll give you dinner for it, too. Jim, you, uh, Tipping Point has, is, is involved in a couple of other projects in the city of Wheeling. Anything happening with the 1400 block? Yeah, we, uh, the, we're, we actually just are um, in the process of negotiating. The, the last funding source that we were waiting for on that is called a new market tax credit. And uh, our general contractor uh, was able to give us what's called a guaranteed maximum price, uh, which is this will not cost more than this dollar amount uh, to be able to completely realize the full transformation. And that was the last data point that these new market tax credit investors would need. And so we're talking to a bunch of them right now to see who would be willing to give the dollar amount that's needed to be able to start construction on that project. So our hope is to to start that and uh, start construction by spring of next year. Do you have any specific uh, tenants, for lack of a better word, or plan? You, you put out what I would call, you put, you put out some suggested uh, drawings months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I assume those were just sort of visionary, not necessarily specific to any particular project. Are you seeing now some sense of what kind of projects might go in there? Yeah, we actually have uh, really a wonderful opportunity that we're seeing if we make make it all work in terms of what their business objectives are to potentially bring in a wine bar and really utilize 
that outdoor seating. So, you know, these things are a long, arduous process to be able to get done. And so I, I try to get excited about it, but at the same time, knowing that, that all these things are fragile, you know, in this economic climate and somebody's startup business. So uh, the goal is to try to bring a tenant like that there for sure. And, you know, the, the, the experience that we're creating on that back patio in between uh, where Main and uh, Market Street are, uh, that, that, that is a really nice bistro area that I think will attract a tenant like that or as well as some other type of restaurant use so that people can gather and, you know, have food and drink there. You know, the potential for synergy downtown is really growing. We talked yesterday at length with Dan Millison, who uh, has done the Waterfront Hall on Water Street there in the Heritage Port, which I think has become a real spark plug for the port area. Um, there's clear uptown. Of course, you have the Bridge Tavern that's done a huge amount of renovation work. River City, not far from the 1400 block, is is undergoing some renovations. Now the 1400 block will do it. All of these things combined together with the streetscape project that will be done in a year or so really, really leads to the great potential for a, a resurgence of downtown Wheeling. Without a doubt. And, uh, you know, I tell Dan this all the time whenever I go into the waterfront hall that you've, he's, he, him and his family are pioneers for doing that project. Uh, that they, they are introducing a new, it's it's good. You have a diversity of food and drink options all throughout downtown, as you've as alluded to. And when you add more and more of these types of uses online, it benefits all of them. Um, the days of people spending, you know, seven or eight hours at one spot aren't aren't really there anymore. People like to hop around to different places. Mm-hmm. So as you build that synergy, like you referenced, it just benefits everybody financially. And it keeps it keeps more and more people downtown as you have m- more options. And uh, you're, you're spot on. And I just think that all of those who are behind all of this economic development at this moment in time are going to go down in Wheeling's history as being the ones who really catalyzed its rebirth. I was, talking, I was talking to someone last night who's been, in general, a cynic about the city of Wheeling. And even he said, he said, you know, I think things are turning around. I think things are going to be successful here in town. There's just so much energy happening and so many neat things occurring. Uh, and some of them are in closer stages of completion than others. But there's just a great deal happening here. And, um, again, when the streetscape is done, that's our greatest impediment but also greatest hope. That will tie all of this stuff together. And I just I, – I am – I'm very excited about I'm just at my age hoping I get to see all this stuff. <laughs> this, this stuff, you know. You just you just need to hang on for a couple more years. You'll see it. Okay, I think I can do. I can do that. Bob, do you think I can do? Can I hang on for a couple years? I think so, Howard. I'm betting on you. All right. I'll, I'll, <laughs> hey, uh, Jim, I appreciate your time this morning, as I always do. Thanks very much. Uh, good luck tonight with the block party uh, up in East Wheeling, uh, referring referencing ideas for Clay School. I suspect you'll have a nice turnout, and I suspect you'll get some really good engaging conversation and. Uh, should be kind of fun. Thanks for joining me this morning. I appreciate it. No, we thank you and uh, take care, Howard. All right. Thanks Have a lot. great day. Uh, Jim Ambrose from Tipping Point Consultants are out of Pittsburgh. They are overseeing this uh, block party tonight. They're kind of working with the city on plans for the Clay School. The 1400 block sounds like they're moving forward on that. They also are uh, tied in to some extent with the uh, demolition and reconstruction of the Wheeling Inn as well, uh, kind of overseeing some of that. So they're doing a lot of, lot of, uh, lot of work here. You know, Bob, one of these days... You know what we should do? What should we do, Howard? We should put our developer's hat on. Oh, man.
What do you think? Yay, money. How much money you got for this well, project, I'm, Howard? Listen, I'm going to give you – here, hold on. I'll give you what I got in my pocket. Well, that's not going to work. Well, but you know what Dan said? If we find the right person who knows what he's doing with those grants and stuff, we get kicked back 40%, Howard, if we, right. if we, we buy the right building. You know, buying at a discount is a good thing to do. But I, I, we should put our develop – not today. We don't have time today. We should, and maybe the listeners could do it too. We, we've got a lot going on, 1,400 blocks being renovated, Bridge Tavern we talk about, the Doris up there, the uh, Wheeling Inn, uh, Dan's Place, uh, Waterfront Hall on the Heritage Port. And those are just downtown. Uh, maybe if we even broadened out of downtown, where would the where would if you could do it? We'll talk about this. We'll talk about this. Great, you know, where where would you where would you do about any ideas quickly? Quickly, kind of like if Wheeling was a monopoly board and you yes. saw an opportunity to come in, yeah. buy yeah. reasonably, and have a vision like Dan. I am so, I admire people that have that vision, Howard. How's your vision these days, Howard? Well, I went to the eye doctor this week, but uh, he wasn't there. That's a whole different story, though. Um, I don't have great vision. That's part of my problem. All I mean that sincerely. I don't mean my eyesight. I don't have great vision for seeing things that aren't there. You know, I, I have a hard time doing that. And um, but I admire, like Dan Millison, who was here yesterday. It just took an idea, a real wild ass concept, and then over a course of two or three years, honed it, refined it, brought it down, bought it, made it work. Yeah, I. I Absolutely. I was a big, big, big fan of his uh, before I even knew who he was. But yeah. after meeting him, he was really cool. And he's got a great attitude. And I think I have great ideas, Howard. It's just I have nickels instead of dollars to invest. Well, we're going to work on idea. The idea has to come first. We'll talk about that one of these days here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Right now, we better talk about what's happening in the Ohio Valley. And for that, we go to Rebecca Little today. Good morning. I'm Rebecca Little with a look at your morning headlines for this Thursday, October 19th. Village of Bethlehem Mayor Aaron Snyder announced his resignation in a Facebook post on Tuesday. Snyder said he is resigning as mayor effective October 31st due to, quote, health reasons and unforeseen circumstances. Snyder was sworn in as Bethlehem Mayor back in June of 2022, making him the youngest mayor in Ohio County history. For a full look at his statement, head to our website, WTRF.com. Meanwhile, police are still searching for a dangerous suspect this morning after they were led on a chase. Officials have identified him as 44-year-old Joshua Edward Houston with the last known address of Canton, Ohio. Houston allegedly stole a car out of Stark County and the pursuit began in Uricksville. Eventually, the car was abandoned on Interstate 77 in New Philadelphia. Police say, Please keep your safety a priority, but call 911 right away if you see him. And in other news, a teacher has been placed on administrative leave after a video shows she allegedly dragged a student. We'd like to note the teacher is not being charged with anything at this point. Harrison Central said elementary school teacher Jessica Nine was placed on paid administrative leave effective October 9th. In a statement, the school district said they are investigating the situation and cannot comment further right now. Stay with 7 News and WTRF.com for updates. And new this morning, the Weirton Transit Corporation's dissolution process is underway, but transportation services are going to continue. Last Tuesday, the city made the decision to take over transit operations and develop a new department within the city government. This comes after years of financial troubles for the Weirton Transit Corporation, which was established back in the late 1980s. There's no timetable on the next meeting in this process. Stay with 7 News and WTRF.com for updates. That was a look at your 7 News headlines. I'm Rebecca Little on this Thursday, October 19th. Have a great day, everybody.
Veneer men's basketball coach Josh Eilers says he's optimistic about eligibility for transfer Raekwon Battle. That story and more coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. Hello and welcome to The Kroger Show. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home, giving you more time to enjoy your tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Big 12 Conference Basketball Media Day yesterday in Kansas City for the WV men's team. Josh Eilert on hand along with Mountaineer players Jesse Edwards, Quinn Zielinski, and Kerr Carissa. During an interview with ESPN, Eilert was asked about the upcoming season, specifically how this team was built, and he said something very interesting regarding the ongoing wait for the eligibility of transfer Raekwon Battle. We had the foundation, uh, and certainly we have the, the Raekwon Battle a waiver looming over our head, but I really think that what the NCAA is going to do right by him, and, and he's going to get that. And, and uh, So I cross my fingers, and I think that's going to happen. Uh, but the pieces, you know, I certainly needed depth at, at the big, you know, and so a cook a cook from, from Georgetown was a late piece we added. Uh, it gives me depth at the four or five position. It gives me that, that defensive mentality that probably, you know, he cranks it up a little bit more uh, from the defensive end. Uh, Quinn as well gives us depth at the, you know, Quinn Slezinski from Iona. So he's been a great communicator and a great jail guy and, and does all the little things right and knows how to play. So uh, we do have a veteran group. Just I think the biggest challenge is getting them every day to buy into, you know, what we got going on. And, and I think it's happening fast, and I think it's going to be uh, very successful for us. Mountaineer coach Josh Eilert again on the eligibility of Raekwon Battle. No definite time as to when that decision will be announced, but obviously it has to come soon. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Most of us are faced with uncertainty every day. Your job, your finances, sporting events, schooling for your children, and so much more. With so much uncertainty surrounding you, there is one auto dealership that you can be certain about, and that's Doan Ford. You can be certain that you always get a great deal and the best service afterwards. Being in business for over 50 years has given Doan Ford the reputation of being a strong, reliable dealership. Be certain. Choose Don Ford. Online at DonFord.com. I'm not buying till I check Don Ford. Live and local. Every weekday. With 10,000 watts of total power. On WKX and WVLY. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. By the time I get to Phoenix... 
She'll find the note I left hanging Glenn Campbell On her door She'll laugh when she reads the part That says I'm leaving Cause I've left that girl so many times Bob, you and I talked earlier this morning uh, about how, you know, it's easy to get days confused, right? Pretty easy, yes. Uh, Over on the Big 7 this morning, um, was it Rebecca? Kept talking about it as being Friday, 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 and it's it's not Friday. It was fired up. It was Friday. But I just want you. I just just got the uh, the list. uh, You know, I get the uh, list. Hoppy and I and a bunch of other talk show hosts around the state share our plans for the day. And uh, from the uh, talk show host down in Charleston, the, the Charleston station, uh, he's going to be doing uh, Anything Goes Friday today. Right. Uh, except uh, <laughs> he later had to correct himself and said, I'm sorry, it's not Friday. So, so we're sure it's Thursday then. So it's, yeah. It is Thursday. But my point is everybody makes those mistakes. Except Bob Nay, he never makes, well, he did go to prison, so I, I don't know about that. <laughs> Good morning, Congressman. <laughs> technical, technical issue. Just a little, little, te- little technical issue. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? So is Jim Jordan going to be Speaker of the House? Uh, I'm going to be Speaker of the House quicker than he is. Okay. Sooner. <laughs> Put odds on me versus him, and if that does anything, he, uh, he's going to lose more. I'm, I'm going to say... Because he yesterday he picked up two that he had lost, but lost four that he had before, if that makes sense. So he still came out two, two below, you know, to his detriment. Se- right. Second vote was and, two less um, than the first vote, yeah. Right. And I did want to point out, Howard, there are those who are talking, well, they can change the rules and make it simple majority. That's true, except had they done that the other day, Hakeem Jeffries would be speaker. <laughs> he took more <laughs> you know, than Jordan. That's a good but point. Yeah. I... I I think that if well, when the when the votes help to if, because I, I'm just wondering why is he doing this? You know, but if the votes held, I think he loses up to ten more, and I'll tell you why. Wow. There's one congress, yeah, and there's one congressman, and his his name is um, uh, I don't know him, Steve Womack from Arkansas. He committed two rounds, about two rounds, quote. To Jordan. Now he's going to roll on the other side. And I've seen this. I've been part of it. I've done it. I've followed people. I've led people. You get in early and you vote and you look up at that board and you say, oh, Womack turned. I'm going to turn, you know. So I think they'll bring others with them. So Jordan, Jordan is going to lose. He's, he's likely, he's looking at a likely vote today, I believe. You think he will lose the right. third vote? Now, my question is: I don't. Do, did you serve with Jordan at all? Was he there when you were there? No, I met with Jordan. Uh, no, he didn't. He came in after me, but I did meet with him when he was running. He came out to my office because I was on the you know uh, campaign committee. Met with him a couple of times actually. Uh, uh, so I met him, but no, I didn't serve with him. I guess I'm looking for a sort of a psychological analysis. Is he going to just keep on fighting and loses more today, loses more tomorrow or whatever? Are we going to get into a Kevin McCarthy thing where he just won't give up? Or is he going to see the writing on the wall fairly soon and say, "Ah, all right, let's do something else? He'll give up. But right now, I believe the strategy by his people is to do a Kevin McCarthy 
But let's look at McCarthy for a second. I don't know the exact history of the 15 votes, but McCarthy didn't start going backwards, right? He held the same, held the same, then picked up one, held the same. Jordan is going backwards, and Jordan is starting out with, (laughs) what, 20 votes short, and then 22. So he's going in the reverse direction. They think they can kind of do this McCarthy deal. Marjorie Taylor Greene says something to the effect of, this is all okay because, you know, you really need to to want it and do what McCarthy did. This is not the same scenario because... This I know. I've known Kevin McCarthy for a long, long time. And Jim Jordan is not Kevin McCarthy. He's a whole different person. And McCarthy had more in the beginning. Now, I know people who love Jim Jordan are going to say, wait a minute, you know, psychologically and philosophically, Jordan's my guy. That's fine. But in the reality of Congress, McCarthy had a ton more going for him in that speaker's race than Jordan did to begin with, a ton more. Some of the reports are that the, the Jordan uh, supporters are playing some pretty hardball, including contacting uh, members of Congress's wives and other things, uh, trying to trying mm-hmm. to really twist a lot of arms on behalf of Jordan. Right, and the, the, something I noticed the other day, and it got my interest because I've known Congressman Diaz-Balart since the day I went there. He was a good friend, know him well. And if you tangle with Diaz-Balart and you push him in any way, you're you're going to cement him in a direction against you. This is how he reacts, you know. And I noticed something he said. He didn't go into detail, but all he said in a press report was, I don't like being bullied, which means they've done this to him and others, I'm speculating. And as a result, it's backfired. Now, it's going to get worse, by the way. And, of course, they had Sean Hannity in the pretense of interviewing, calling people and basically not interviewing, but grilling them. Lobbying. And his staff did that. Right. Yeah, Yeah. they grilled them. So it's not going to work. Not in this case. And there's also tempers. We've also seen now where... One congresswoman came out and said, well, one quit yesterday, by the way. I mean, didn't quit, but is not going to run again. Announced it yesterday, said she's sick of it. Another one says she's had death threats. So now you're going to start to hear that type of thing. You know, were they legitimate or not? Who knows? But you're going to hear all these things. It's going to get ugly, and it's going to get worse. All right. So, uh, of course, there's a timing issue here as well. There's a lot of business that... Maybe maybe even in the beginning of the year when Kevin McCarthy was wrangling this, timing wasn't as critical. But there there are there's the government shutdown issue that's got this coming up. There is uh, there is um, uh, you know aid to Israel that is pending and can't be moved forward. Uh, there's debate over Ukrainian aid that's not. I mean, th- these are things that really can't be put off a whole lot longer. But none of this can occur until there's a speaker. Yes, and also the conservatives or the Republicans who don't want the Democrats to have an upper hand in any of this have to understand something. If there is not a speaker and you have McHenry, who I've known since he got there the first day, Patrick McHenry, if if you have him as speaker, he is going to be forced to do certain things with the cooperation of the Democrats. When I say certain things, appropriation on Israel, appropriation on Ukraine, you know, some of the budget process, whatever. Now, 
people can get mad at him in the Republican caucus, but what what do they expect him to do? Say, no, we're going to stop the function of the House. McHenry himself doesn't want this to happen, but it very may well be if they don't get a speaker, they're going to have to sit down with Hakeem Jeffries and devise something that probably takes in half of the Republicans and nearly half of the Democrats, and they'll pass a few things. That's the only alternative they have so and and that would require uh, some rules change as well because correct me if i'm wrong but i think the uh, whatever he's called the interim speaker or speaker pro tem or whatever uh, he really mm-hmm. can do nothing other than preside essentially over selecting a speaker so there have to be a vote taken to give him some right. more power but they could give him limited power right they could say well, yeah. he will have the power to handle x number of things mm-hmm. yes and here's how they do it I used to sit in, it's called Speaker Pro Tem, and when I first got elected, uh, Gingrich's office used to call on me, and I got to run session, basically, you know, acting as the speaker. Did, which you, is like, what, did you enjoy pounding like, the gavel? Did you like to pound that gavel? Yeah, it was great. It was, it was, yeah, it was <laughs> well, what would have but to digress for just a second, you know, people would call our office and say, you've been in office three weeks, you're running the house. <laughs> Yeah. And my my office would say, well, yeah, he is, but, you know, let's keep it low-key. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, oh, hey, you want to know a nugget secret on that? Sure. Because you love those nuggets and secrets. Okay, next time there's an argument between a member and the speaker, the you know, the speaker pro tem for the day, and, there's a, and they start challenging a part of the law. Watch the sergeant of um, watch the parliamentarian on each side, whichever side they're on. You're going to see them put their chin in their hand like they're they're resting on it. They push a kill button that cuts off the voice to C-SPAN, and they oh. whisper. And your key is look ahead, and they whisper under Section 15, Article 5. You're out of order. So you stand there and you go under Section 15, Article 5. <laughs> you're out of order. And then the constituents are saying. He's got Robert's rules memorized. There's a little nugget so, <laughs> so, for the, your listeners. So somebody is whispering in your ear uh, that we don't hear. They it. whisper and, and, and they they hit the they hit the choke mic. You know they cut it off. Yeah. They whisper, then they turn it on, and you look really smart. So uh, anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to. That, no, that's, that. that's a great. That's a that's a little tidbit I, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy knowing. Yeah. What is this going to do? This, regardless of how it plays out, it's already been a bad picture for the Republican Party. I'm really even going back to the McCarthy decision and then McCarthy being ousted. Now they can't find a speaker. I don't know if this is going to go two more times or 10 more times or 20 more times. And I don't know what's going to happen. What is this going to do to the Republican members' chances in the election? What, what this will do, and this can be spun any way you want to spin it, I'm sure you and I can come up with 10, quote, positive things about this. There is nothing positive about this. This is every week that it goes on is going to further deteriorate the House leadership on the Republican side. Number two, it's going to cause bitter animosity and further this Republican civil war that's going on in the House. And three... It's taking them completely off of any agenda, and I argue if this continues on and goes, you know, towards the end of this year and everything that happens into the first of the year, I argue that the Republicans are going to cause centrist Republicans, seats that aren't the easy ones to get, they're going to cause them to lose those seats. Let's face it, they can only lose five seats. Right. 
They, they, you know, how, how many seats can they afford to lose? So then they've lost the majority of the House, and Hakeem Jeffries is the speaker. So when Matt Gates's supporters follow his theory that, you know, I don't care, I'm going to do the right thing, I'm standing up for my principles, if they like Hakeem Jeffries and they think he's better than Matt Gates, then go ahead and let Gates continue doing what he's doing because he's going to elect a Democrat speaker if, if they continue this nonsense. Well, I would assume one of the things that you either learned in Congress or knew and practiced in Congress is that reality intrudes. You can want to stand on your moral principles all you want, and you should as far as you can, but sometimes you've got to look at reality in the face and say, if I do this, it's going to be worse for what I want as opposed to better. Sure. We've always said, do you want perfection to ruin the good? And, you know, to me, my number one thing right now in my mind as a citizen and a former member is balancing the nation's budget. If this doesn't start to get back in line, I don't care what issue people care about. It's going to be shot all the way around. So should I you know, be part like a Matt Gates philosophy where I say, you know, we're going to do this now. We're going to cut it to the bone, and we're going to disrupt the entire government and shut it down. Do I want to do that and hand the House to Hakeem Jeffries, or do I want to reasonably start to balance the budgets? And that's where you, you know, you've got to, at some point in time, not try to have the political perfection in your mind. You've got to, you know, cut a deal. Sounds horrible, but you've got to make a compromise to continue on if you really believe in these things. Of course, Matt Gates in particular has really said he doesn't care if the government shuts down. I mean, yeah. 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 There will be well, I, I argue, Howard, that Matt Gates wants to be in the minority because he can just sit back and complain yeah. and you don't have to govern. That's why I argue about Gates. That, I don't a, believe he really has a true intention of a philosophy. It is always easier to be in the minority because then all you have to do is complain. You don't have to actually do something. Sure. All right, Bob, Absolutely. I appreciate your time this morning, as I always do. Good okay. insight. We shall Anytime. see what happens over the next few days. We Whether will. we have Speaker Jordan okay. or Speaker Henry or Speaker Nay. I don't Nay. know. We'll find out. Yeah, you never know. I'm here. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Uh, former Congressman Bob Nay. He should be Speaker. That would be good. Speaker Bob Nay. He was close to it once upon a time. Just about 8 o'clock. No, not 8 o'clock. Nine o'clock. There you go. Just about nine o'clock. In the See, morning. Howard, you know what day it is. You just don't know what time it is. I know. I'm absolutely sure. Today's Tuesday, right? <laughs> no, that's not right. Hold on. You're going the other way, Howard. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, it's almost nine o'clock. There you go. Here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Coming up next hour, Wheeling Mayor Glenn Elliott in. We are all going to talk about the uh, homeless situation, the Life Hub, managed camps, panhandling. Where does the mayor think this now intensively uh, active issue in the city of Wheeling is going to go and how's it going to end up and uh, the current council and the mayor only have a short period of time for them to be the ones to resolve this issue if they're going to. That's coming up next hour of Watchdog Morning Show. I make Oklahoma She'll be sleeping She'll turn softly Oh, my name. The Watchdog is FM 98.1, AM 1600, WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY Moundsville.